Welcome back, everybody, to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me, as always, is Mr. Andy Molitor, but no one really cares about that because it's time to bear down for a Felica Friday of football. Mr. Felica, how are you? And uh, this week, I think I actually paid attention and remembered you're in Columbus, aren't you? I, I am in Columbus. We're headed here for... Uh... Tomorrow is uh, Michigan State Ohio State game. Uh, noon kicks. It should be one of the uh, should be a good show. Start outside, move inside. Don't know how competitive the game's going to be, but uh, it'll be a uh, it'll be a good scene. Nice typical Midwest gray type that morning. Sun comes up and then it goes down like it, right before noon. So looking forward. Football to weather. Yeah, that's one of those things too. We talked to Frank about that the other day. We said, you know, maybe maybe in the long run, the best way to do the college football playoff. Like the final rankings, it's just the bookmakers decide. Like, hey, here's the best teams according to the power rankings. Because, I mean, we're gonna talk about another matchup, but like the Ohio State, this is a, a top ten matchup. Another one of these where we have two teams in the top ten, and it's a big old spread. It, it might not be a competitive game. Somebody's Heisman candidacy is probably lost tomorrow. It'll be. Still, I'm, I'm still gonna probably watch this. I'm excited for, especially. I have a bunch of Stroud tickets. I need him to. Uh, I need him to do well. Well, that, that's the I think that's the most compelling thing from a betting market to get ahead of, and you probably missed it already, even though the number is also through the room for the, the number of but That's the thing. I think if the favorite scenario plays out here, you're looking at Ohio State winning the Big Ten, which means Kenneth Walker loses tomorrow, which means Bryce Young loses in Atlanta, in Georgia, and then while I don't necessarily think like a player with two losses can't win the Heisman. I think he's himself in how a lot of these voters vote, and I think that would maybe certainly make uh, C.J. Stroud the betting favorite. I think he's probably around what one plus one eighty or so right now. I think he was at Circa, so I, I think by the time Conference Championship Saturday ends, C.J. Stroud will be the favorite in the Heisman market, despite the fact that in actuality. He's probably the fourth or fifth best player. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not always the best player. It's one of these goofy awards, and yeah, it's true. It's. Uh, I think he is the favorite in some places, but essentially co-favorite. Yeah, I mean, just real close. Co-favorites with Bryce in a couple places. Yeah. We'll head uh, again. This, this is the one I alluded to. We'll head out west for a team who is in the college playoff if it started today heading to utah to play the 23rd best team according to this and this is where where it gets ticklish like you know it, it is a road game it's a very very tough road place to play and you know if, if it were just to happen according to the odds, Oregon's season's done, I guess. You know, they're, they're the underdog here. They're, uh, they're going to need this one, and they're going to need to do it twice, essentially. How, how would that work? I mean, we talked this game, too, but if they were to get the mild upset here, Utah's path to the conference championship is still pretty open? They're still they're still there. I, like the, Utah would have to lose again, and Arizona State would have to win out. Uh, in order to, to to get ASU in there, I think is how it works. This is more than likely, uh, like you said, game one of two. And I like Oregon in this game. I think the matchup is really good for them. I think uh, Oregon in the trenches, both on the offensive and defensive line. Uh, I think with Anthony Brown in the quarterback running game, Travis Dye running, uh, I think Utah's going to have a hard time scoring points on, on Oregon. I know it's a little bit 
of the contrarian play. A lot of people just keep expecting Oregon to lose and they want something more, something better out of a team that's ranked third in the country. But I think this matchup favors Oregon uh, tomorrow. And I think it would favor them again in, in, in Vegas if they want to play again for a second. That's, I'm on Oregon uh, money line at plus three. Yeah, it's odd to see a team like Oregon again be the underdog in a situation like this. I mean, it's one of the things you know. It's what it's what people call a trap line or whatever. And I don't necessarily believe in those, but I, I think it just speaks to a how good Utah is is at home, and b you know how maybe dubious people are in general under this team. Yeah, for you're, sure. you're you're right. People people yeah, people just people just I think you're expecting them to lose. So be careful. Oh, what was the other West Coast game? Oh, there it is. I have it on the screen. Washington. What was the what was the one you gave out the other week? It was the ASU game. ASU was traveling and favored. And, yep, and up in Seattle last there. week. Yeah, they went up there. Yep. They almost. I feel like they were trailing at points in that game. They were. Washington. Washington was up twenty four fourteen with 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 five minutes to go in the game, and then we needed a, a, a miracle. Backdoor cover to cover a game that we were absolutely the right side, but uh, I don't like you, Dub. This week, uh, I, I think you you put yourself in the position of Washington in the last couple of weeks. Two weeks ago, they lost to their arch rival at home. Last week, they blew a game that they had won. You've got the coaching situation. I have got to go to Colorado and get up for a game against CU and New York and stayed there a couple weeks ago. This is like an impossible game, I think, for Washington to get up for. And I like CU. I'll put six and a half and probably a little on the money line as well. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't know. When, what time are these? Is this late games? You know how I get about these late games. They're West Coast. They're usually later. I know, but they, they need to do it. I guess they're not too late. I'm looking now. Actually, you know what? The Washington-Colorado's the afternoon game, and then Oregon-Utah's like the supper time game. I'm fine with that, though. One of the later yeah. games is South Alabama-Tennessee. When this one popped up on the this screen, I was real curious. Yeah, I was curious where you're heading with this one. Tennessee, these teams have the same record, I guess, if you want to make any comparison at all. But um, South Alabama, obviously, it's the weird – all the SEC teams get one of these where you play, uh, you know, a team from a – a lower level conference like this group of five team and you get to be uh well in Alabama's case a seven eight point uh, favorite touchdown favorite this one is 27 now with the total 62 ish what do you got here 27 wow that number's come down from 28 and a half since yesterday um I don't know maybe people listen to the the, the podcast and read the column and, and and hopped on it but I, I think it's a tough spot for, for Tennessee they scored early last week against Georgia Excited, we're up on Georgia, and then they proceeded to get that that 50-minute methodical beating, slow bludgeoning of a, of a loss. And um, I think that, that the physicality of that game might wear on Tennessee a little bit. I can see the balls starting slow tomorrow night uh, and winning, winning the game for sure. South Alabama's been in a, in a ton of games this year. I mean, that game against Appalachian State last year was an absolute – last week, rather – was a completely deceptive final, deceptive final score. Um, they should have got there totally the right side of that game and should have covered. But but, but I, I think start slow, 30-point win, I think, is a lot to ask for uh, for Tennessee tomorrow. So I'll take, uh, I'll take the Jets plus the points. Yeah, I like that angle, the um, the post-playing certain teams. I think, Andy, was it the Steelers for a couple of years in the NFL? Like you would see teams take a market decline the week after having to play the Steelers. I'm sure that phenomenon exists with a bunch of teams. 
you get funny things like that. Go go see how teams perform sometimes after playing a service academy or a triple option team for that matter. Like go get go get your legs cut out from under you for forty minutes when they hold the ball for those those twenty two play field goal drives down there in uh, at West Point and see how you play the next week, especially if it's a short week or a tough opponent. But no, that's for sure a thing. And yeah, Tennessee Tennessee looked squirrely for like five minutes and then. It's like, oh no, this is this isn't happening. This isn't happening at all. Georgia's just gonna do what they do, and they they looked fine after that, and obviously covered quite handily. And uh, just God, I, I'm not sure Tennessee really scored after that. I think they ended up some garbage points late or something. But yeah, it was it was all one way traffic from there. Yeah, yeah. There, there used to be a thing in college football too with uh, Nebraska the week after you played them, or Alabama the week after you played them. Uh, it was certainly a, uh, it took all week to heal up from the physicality of that game. Yeah, we mentioned a, a Big Ten game with a big spread. That's why, of course, you're in Columbus. But there's another Big Ten game with a big spread. The Penn State Nittany Lions laying a big number here against Rutgers. Um, you know, again, not necessarily the game maybe we thought we'd be talking about. But what's your plan here? Yeah, I like Penn State in this game. I think uh, you being a Penn State guy, you know uh, the recruiting. Uh, in the Northeast there, I think with Greg Schiano back at Rutgers. Uh, this game means a lot to Penn State and James Franklin in that program. I think they're going to want to go out uh, after letting one get away last week against Michigan and, and put up put up a, a solid win. I think defensively, remember a couple of weeks ago, I, li- I liked uh, uh, Rutgers against Wisconsin, and then Rutgers was just simply unable to move the ball against a really good defense. I think it's going to be a similar type thing tomorrow. I don't know how many first downs, how many points uh, Rutgers is going to be able to get against the Penn State defense if, and again, the caveat is if, so maybe if you want to wait for in-game to play, you can do that. But if Penn State and that defense uh, isn't de- dejected and depressed and starts slow after last week, uh, there's a good chance Rutgers doesn't crack double digits. Yeah, it's a great yeah. bounce back spot for the Lions. And I, I think Dan probably added this one to the rundown today because we would have yeah, talked about it regardless, yeah. Snoops. Like, at, you know, it's just, oh, I got to bring up the Penn State game. I got to know. I got to know. I got to see people. I got to tell them what the deal and, is. Yeah, it is It is a weird motivation. And, like, I think Franklin's a good enough coach to get him up for a game like this. Obviously, they, you know, early in the season, they were they were being talked about as one of the top teams because the record said so. And then obviously we had the weird, the overtime game. And then you play a couple of the top teams in the, you know, in the division or yeah, they are in their division, but more, more importantly in the conference and things kind of get shown for, this is more of a second tier team, but Rutgers probably third, fourth tier kind of team. And yeah, this would be a nice, we, we talked about this before you came into the meeting, Dan and I, we said like, it's nice to have Maryland and Rutgers now because Penn state didn't have anyone. Like the closest, like you, Columbus would have been the closest like rival in the Big Ten. They kind of yeah. just were off doing their own thing out in the middle of Pennsylvania. So it's, it's nice to have some, the East Coast, uh, I don't know. If it's, it's not a rivalry, I guess, but <laughs> no. it's, better, it's better than them going. Some shorter travel spots. Yeah, nice little spot. Yeah, and they're, they're not playing Pitt every year, and they're not playing West Virginia every year. So it's like. Not so That's true. The next oh, game is something that, like, just yeah. reading the names, I want to bet the over, but the totals only starts with a five, which is kind of odd. Oklahoma State's playing Texas Tech here. What are you thinking, Bear? Well, well, that total starts with the five because Oklahoma State's defense is, is legit. It's a team that hasn't allowed more than 24 points all year long. And I, I think you just look at the, the two situations here. I think people might be attracted to playing Texas Tech because Oklahoma State has the Bedlam game next week. 
But, but I, I think Oklahoma State in that defense comes out, plays well. And Texas Tech has their own little uh, rebound situation, upsetting Iowa State last week with that long field goal. Now, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think, I don't think uh, you know, the Red Raiders have much success on offense. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay that 10 and a half again. I think it's a little bit of a contrarian play, just like Auburn uh, would, would be laying that 7, 7 and a half against South Carolina. I think people think with Bo Nix being out, I think people put a huge iron ball on, on, on top next week. South Carolina would be the play there, but that offense outside of the Florida game uh, hasn't done a whole lot either. So I think I think a couple of the, uh, the contrarian favorites this week uh, would, would be TCU. We had another one in there, State, uh, would be Auburn, and it would be you know, just talked about Oklahoma State. They're very rare you get an opportunity to play some contrarian favorites. I complain about the silly divisions because the Big Ten is uh, so lopsided with the East. But then I look at this and I'm confused too with Bedlam. Like, and I, I, I guess I get, I get worked up about all the, well, all the people that are doing it with the playoff now. Like, if this happens and this happens and this happens, then Oregon's out. And like, we're looking so far into the future. And I, I hate those conversations sometimes. But now I'm looking at this with Baylor being eight and two and having that win. And if, if Oklahoma State loses the Bedlam game, I don't fully understand what the title game looks like if Oklahoma wins out. Yeah, I'm not sure anyone has an answer for that. I might have to go yeah, yeah, yeah. actually well, dig into well, what and, the tiebreakers are. Actually, in that situation, it's actually kind of, it's pretty easy. Oklahoma will be in if they would have the one conference loss, and Oklahoma State beat Baylor head to head, so Oklahoma State would, uh, would have the edge and the tiebreaker over Baylor. So we would get a we would get a bedlam rematch one week later. I actually Jeez. like the way the Big Twelve does it. And, well, you were talking about the divisions and how we mock on the divisions. I like the way that – and the American this year as well. You have the two best teams uh, face off in, 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 you get in the title game, and that, in theory, would give you the best opportunity to make sure you get one of your teams in. So we'll, we'll see what happens this year. But I, but I like that. I mean, how many times do we have to watch Northwestern Ohio State uh, in, in the Big Ten Championship? Yeah, and there just hasn't been a team in the East – or excuse me, the Big Ten West. That's like, oh, if, if this team wins, like they should be in the playoff. It's just not a thing. I do like this question. I mean, you're probably right. It's better for the conference as a whole. And how cool would that be if you, if you could do like, a, oh, we're getting we're getting Michigan, Ohio State twice this year. Or you know, and bingo. Yeah. You hit on it with like 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 people who talk about wanting automatic uh, conference champions automatically in an expanded playoff. Okay. You want a nine and three Wisconsin team in the playoff, or like one year uh, Northwestern would have been eight and five. Like you want that in the playoff? That's not, that's not, that's not right. No, even even if you do end up in, yeah, even if you end up in a in like a 12, eight, 12 team, whatever they want to do eventually down the line. Like if you're going to automatically take conference champions. You want a couple of one-loss teams going at it, and maybe one of those teams only lost, you know, in a situation like, you know, I, I y'all forget. It's been so long that since uh, the Oregon game for Ohio State. Sometimes I still have them undefeated in my head. Maybe I'm just so incepted by my Stroud tickets, but you know, having a couple of one-loss when when you have some one-loss teams going at it, like you're going to get a good team that's your conference champs. There's going to be a like, oh, you know, Northwestern just had it that day, and now we have a. a kind of a squirrely weird team in here and it's uh it's gonna make for a weird playoff but yeah i digress i'm happy with that i'd love bedlam twice in a row that's fine with me especially double bedlam yeah double bedlam you can't you can't get better than that so it's funny too because we're, we're talking about the playoff and like i think over the next couple of weeks people are going to say ah the sec title game doesn't mean anything uh georgia's in the playoff but 
while yes, they would be in the playoff if they lose, don't say the game means nothing for Georgia because it absolutely means everything. So if Georgia were to win, you're number, that means they're number one, and you're probably going to play Cincinnati or Notre Dame maybe in, in the semifinal. If you lose, not only does Alabama get in the playoff and be number one, you're going to fall on that 2-3 game and like to play Ohio State. Like that's a massive stakes game. Uh, in Atlanta, in Atlanta for Georgia two weeks. Yeah, the difference between playing in the two three and getting to play because I think there is going to be there's a you know there's a gap everywhere, but that gap between three and four is going to be pretty big this year. Yeah, getting getting that one it's not a buy. You still got to go out there and execute, but it's about as close. It's it's getting a team that's two touchdowns worse than what you would if you're in the two three. And I obviously so and it's and it's a trophy it's hardware you get to rub that in bama's face like they don't want to lose to bama you never want to lose that game we've lost that game plenty of times so no i, right. I agree i think it'll be an opportunity for kirby smart uh in georgia to get over that mental hurdle and, and probably launch them uh, to win the national title that'd be nice i'm cheering for him dan's cheering for him as am i georgia. Well, Dan's I had a good year. He, if, if Dan could get the Braves and then Georgia, that's, that's one hell of a year. Yeah, but he did go to Texas, and we we're able to tease him about that program once in a while. Like and all year long. We, and, we, and we do, clearly. But, uh, we don't necessarily know. Yeah. We, we, <laughs> the internet does a good enough job. I was so willing to sacrifice my Kansas under one Big 12 conference win for ticket. And if you can guarantee me a push on that now, like I was, I was ecstatic that Kansas won that game. I was going to punch it aside. I get the push, get the refund to have Kansas win that game. That was great. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, the Big Twelve. Even though the, the totals aren't what they used to be, the Big Twelve continues to be wild, and I commend them for that. That's what makes it worth. It. That was uh, outside of the Oklahoma game. I think I've watched more Big Twelve football than Big Ten football, just because it's been entertaining finishes for me. So. But we'll let you we'll let you get back at it. We appreciate your time. We wish you the best of luck again this weekend. Enjoy, uh, enjoy Columbus. Enjoy the game, and we'll see you back here next Friday. Same to you guys. Thanks, Bruce. See ya. I didn't bet anything today. Nothing. Not a single thing. I didn't have any time to look at the. Co- is there? Is there? Not a golf. Tonight? Not a college basketball. Not a. Golf has already started. I, it, that's what's so, sometimes about the timing of this show. And you you mentioned it all the time with tennis. Like, golf is underway. It's East Coast golf. There's a little bit of football tonight. I can't pull gems like Louisville first half out of my butt every day. <laughs> no? No. They, they I, thought just, that's why they, I thought that's why you're here for stuff like just, that. No? They just, just made Duke look so bad. Got to get that magic I, money back. <laughs> I forgot. So I was watching the NFL game, obviously, and I forgot that game was on until that uh, Malik Cunningham run. I don't know if you've seen the clip of that. The quarterback for Louisville had a – it wasn't even like, oh, he's so good. It's like Lamar Jackson 2.0. It's like Duke can't tackle anybody. And he oh, – Those are he better. Ran, like he ran through maybe like 13, 14 tacklers because a couple guys had a couple shots at it. It was a very long play. I saw it on my tw- timeline. I'm like, oh, trying to look at the score bug in the corner. I'm like, oh, shit. I bet this game am I up, and clearly it was like 28 to 6 at that point. So congrats to that. And, yeah, today we'll just close it out with some NBA then. I'm watching it now. I'm up to at least five missed tackles here, and I think he's gone at this point, but no one even gets a chance to bump him on the sideline. Wow. Way to go, Duke. Yeah. But, yes, the good news is, Andy, it's Friday. There is a bunch of basketball games on tonight. There's nine 
And I've got quite the list of bets here. And there was more, um, you know, as I'm sure you saw the chat, I went through, there's a few things I thought about, I ended up cutting, but we'll start with the first quarter bets. They're going pretty solid this year. Again, I like these derivative markets. You can find these just about everywhere, which is the nice part. The Pelicans first quarter plus one and a half. They've got the Clippers tonight. Clippers in a little bit of a tough rest spot. They continue to have a very thin bench. Um, the Pelicans have been a very solid first quarter team all season, even without Brandon, Brandon Ingram, who's now healthy and been playing the last couple games. I have the Pelicans actually small favorites here in this first quarter. So grab the plus one and a half plus one looks fine. If you want to play the money line too, that's okay. But again, in these first quarters, I don't mind having the extra point. The value is a little more given, you know, how low the totals are in general. It's something I'm, I've been looking into, but Again, I try to stick with the points. It can be hard to find the money lines anyway. The Detroit Pistons plus two and a half. This is another, again, team. You look at these lines. A lot of these bad teams start games well and then get worse kind of as the game goes along. And the Pistons tonight should have a chance to start well against a Warriors team that just should be exhausted. You know, again, another tough spot, a three and four back to back for them. Possibly a few other um things i can't remember if it's a five and seven but again just a really tough rest spot for a warriors team and i think it's likely maybe even to rest some people so this is a nice way to grab some value as and you know you don't have to be sweating your pistons ticket all the way through which has been tough um a couple full game numbers the suns minus seven and a half this is actually a late ad for me the other night um they're playing the mavericks for the second time in a row grab the suns minus eight they won by seven much to my chagrin but going back to the well here tonight was able to get a seven and a half Starting to see some eights and eights and a half popping up. I'm fine playing this out to minus nine. I have the Suns as pretty big favorites here. They're rested. They've got everybody. It'll be the Mavericks' second game without Luka Doncic, which is generally where you start to see that big decline from losing your, your favorite players. So, you know, minus eight's fine. Minus nine. Anything single digits, I think, looks just fine. The Sacramento Kings minus three and a half. You know, the Kings are a team that the market just, it's, I'm struggling to, to figure out Kind of where their ranking is here. I mean, this Toronto Raptors team they're playing tonight. Again, it's a tough little travel spot for them. Their roster starting to thin out from an injury perspective, and they just really haven't put it together. We haven't seen this young team really do anything. Whereas the Kings are kind of chugging along here the last couple of games. Having Tyrese Halliburton back has made a big difference. They're at home, only laying three and a half points in a spot that I have six could make a case to even tweak it up to seven. You know, if you, depending on how you feel about some of the rest stuff. Um, Thunder team total under 100 and a half. The Bucks, I think, win by a ton tonight. They're laying 13 points. You know, I don't hate that, but I think the better angle here is to look at a Thunder team that have struggled to score 100 points for the last couple of weeks, you know, outside of that kind of hot week that they had. Really, all season, they've struggled to, to score over 100 points. You've now got a fully healthy Bucks team. Should be bringing all the defensive effort we've come to expect from them in these games. Again, rested and ready to go. I think the Bucks are just going to clamp down on this Thunder team. So instead of laying the points again, I see a little more of an edge here on the team total. I have the Thunder only scoring like 97. I can really only get it up to 98 points. And then I, I don't have empirical evidence on this, but I feel like your team totals have done well this year. I have to go back and check, but that's the sound of me knocking on wood so we don't mess it up. <laughs> the very previous one before this one, that's basically all I'm going off of. I like that. Nice short Piston, sample size. Piston's under. Easy. We thought about that tonight, but it's a tough spot for, for the Nets. So we're going to tuck that one away. And then this one's moved a little bit. Pacers, Hornets. I was able to get this at 215 and a half. It looks like it's ticked down to 214 and a half, 214. I would draw the line there at 214. I have this total at 211. 
um, right around there. It's um, not too many things I, I tweak to get it outside of that number. But, you know, again, the Pacers have been a fairly slow-paced team. The Hornets have been a quicker-paced team overall, a little slower in the last week. And I just think that although Charlotte's at home, Indiana has the talent overall to kind of dictate how this matchup goes. I think they're really good at dictating pace and slowing things down here a bit. So happy to grab an under and continue to ride the, uh, the under wave, which popped back the other day. I think it was either yesterday, the day before they were like, whatever in one. Yeah. All of, all of the games in one, like total games, minus one and one. That was the, <laughs> uh, that was the record. We don't remember how many games there were. So shitload of NBA, if you want to look at some, uh, I'm sure Drew will have his fatigue thing up later. If you want to look for that, he'll tweet it out. Yes, definitely. On the app, I'll get some. I'll get my full card up on the BetSports app for the football games this weekend. I'll probably bet a few college games tomorrow just for funs. I'm two and one on the week. I should have just left that uh, one total away. I would have had a perfect college week. Could have just retired off that money, but uh, alas, not meant to be. So thanks for hanging with us this week. And we'll catch you next Monday. Have a good weekend.